sparkly jacket on when he says, take it away. Um, as the, our um, super precious and valued members of our congregation go out. Start of this year, have gone away for university. I think we have 12 refresh people at, uh, yes, yeah, sorry, there's tears over here. Um, refresh people down at Avondale studying. Um, there's a few obviously still around here in Brisbane, which is amazing. We play, um, and studying. And then we also have Baojin who's down in Melbourne. I have seen selfies of Baojin um, with Moi Ayani, and she used to... Um, we worked with her down in Victoria. We're good friends with her. She's done a week of worship here um, at Refresh. So they've connected with each other. So he's found a home down there, a spiritual home for him, and we're really excited about that. Um, I'm on a group chat with the Avondale um, Refresh students, and they are loving life down there. Um, and, yeah, so we, we connect with them every Friday night. And, um, yeah, they... Um, I have heard from a few of them, we love it here, but we love Refresh too, don't worry. I'm like, okay, we'll see you in the holidays and we'll give you some jobs. But before we start, let's pray again together. Father God, what a privilege it is to come and sit in your presence. Lord, we want to ask today that this room be filled with your spirit, that you will open our hearts and our minds to understand you better. And in doing that, be inspired to share you with those around us and let your love for us impact our relationships with each other and the way we serve in our world. We love you, God. Bless us in your name. Amen. So for me, connection is something that I have always loved. Love, love. I love being connected. So when I was a little girl, if I was to be punished and, say, sent to my room, like, worse than getting whipped with a cat and nine tails, like, for me. Like, I do not want to be in my room when everyone else is in the living room. Like, terrible. And then, if I did something really bad and I got sent to my room, everyone look at my parents down here and go, harsh, harsh. If I got sent to my room and they told me I had to shut the door, so then there was a physical barrier, not just a distance, but this door had to be shut. I would just be in my room, like, so sad. And then, Another time that I distinctly remember as a child feeling not connected is my grandmother. We lived in um, western New South Wales. My grandmother always lived kind of in Petrie, Launton area. And this particular um, place, it was in Bray Park, her house. And we used to bring our caravan up. And so time for bedtime for my brother and I, my parents would go, okay, it's time for you to go to bed in the caravan, outside while they were still inside, like on our own. No connection. I hated it. I hated hearing a distant laughter and going, I'm really far away from those people. Like, so connection for me is something that I really love. But some of you are sitting there and going, yeah, that's fine for you because you love being around people. I don't love being around people. Actually, the best way I can connect is not connecting to anyone at all because that's how I like connecting, to no one. Um, but even if that's the way you are, even if that's the way that I, God designed you, 
then there is still a need. It might not be a big, loud need to be connected to others. It might be a quiet little need to be connected to one or two people. But you were created to be connected. And this year, the rest of this year, 2023, that is our goal here at Refresh Church, to just really reach into that space where we connect with God one-on-one, your relationship with him. We connect with each other how we do relationships with God present in them, and then how we connect with our world outside. Why? Why do we need to focus on connection? Because everywhere you read, everywhere you look shows us disconnected. In fact, in recent years, a survey was done by Australian hospitals that looked at how many people were actually on social media, how many, or messaging apps. And 64, no, 96.4, right, oh, numbers aren't my gig. 96.4 people um, are connected every day to a social media platform or messaging application. And then there was a further study that followed up after that um, by the Australian Health, Institute of Health and Welfare that said almost half of these people surveyed have reported that they feel lonely. We feel lonely. And I think what is key to a great Christian experience, a great experience with you and God, is being connected, connected to him, connected to each other, and connected to our outside world. However, I fear we've ended up a little bit like this. Or if I keep turning to here to see the screen and go, oh, yeah, it's not there, it's over there. Forgive me. I'll just turn it on. No? All right, I'm about to call Postmates. Does everyone want the fish dinner then? We'll just, I'll just call a bunch of them. Jesus is on the way. So just get, maybe just get a couple. He'll take care of us. Okay, yeah, all right, just get... Two then? Two. All right, yeah, just two. We'll just do two fish, yeah. Yeah, maybe like five loaves of bread with it? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, perfect. Bro, I just got a Venmo request from Judas. Dude, Jesus just got a blue check mark. How did he get verified? He only has 12 followers. I have way more than that. <laughs> Dude, David is liking and commenting on every one of Bathsheba's spring break pics. What's he doing? I thought uh, he was supposed to be at war. I don't know, dude. Also, what? Yeah, what? Well, okay. <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> dude, I'm on Facebook Marketplace right now. Look at this. Joseph's brothers are selling him. Can you do that? Oh, Job. He's just... Going on and on. He said he lost everything. Probably going to get a Kickstarter up soon. Bro, I was talking to Mary and Joseph last week. They were trying to price line a hotel in Bethlehem. Couldn't find anything. They ended up having to like Airbnb some like rustic barn, dude. Brutal. If Noah Instagrams one more time about his DIY project, I'm done. It's too much. He's like, I'm getting these instructions from heaven. Doubt it. I ain't getting on that boat. Oh, look, another bachelorette in Sodom and Gomorrah. (sighs) Seen it. Sin City, we get it. Don't look behind you. You know what I'm saying? Because the... What? Okay, forget it. Dude, are you friends with the prodigal son on Snapchat? Have you seen his stories? He just like left his dad's house. He's in like another city just losing it. Insane. Like not safe for work. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Okay, dude, have you heard from Paul in a while? Maybe he's in prison again? Again? (laughs) Dude, you want a bite of this? Do I look like Adam to you? Okay. Bro, you follow the rich young ruler? Is that that SoundCloud rapper? No, it's a guy, he's always posting about his house and his cars and stuff. He met Jesus last week, literally haven't heard from him. Uh, Could he not get an Uber? I mean, maybe he was searching. (laughs) Dude, are you in this group chat with Shadar, Kamishak, and Abednego? Uh I used this fire emoji, they got all offended. Oh, 
Okay, Jonah tweeted he was going deep sea fishing three days ago. Have you heard from him? Maybe he doesn't have service. <laughs> Do you follow Saul? Yeah, what? He changed his username to Paul. What? Bro, do you have locations on for the children of Israel? They're just like wandering around. Literally makes no sense. Have you seen the weather for today? No, what? 50% chance of quail. Weird. Wow. Uh, Abram and Isaac posted a selfie that headed the mountains for a little father-son trip. Amazing. What could go wrong? Uh Wait, what's that rope for? Uh Okay. We, We have become the most connected people that ever existed. And yet statistics say that we are some of the most lonely people. And I think for me, I remember when I left home and went to unity, university for the first time, where I felt lonely the most was when I was sitting in a congregation like you are today. And I sat there and felt these should be my people, but I've never felt more alone. No one reached out to me. No one chatted to me. And that is something that I want to make sure when we focus this year and go, that doesn't happen here. Let's work together that we become a community where people feel connected when they come and be a part of us. And the, and the power of that comes from our connection with God. So I want to take you through a passage of scripture from John and uh, from John 15. So if you have your phones, you can look on it. If you have your Bible, you can look that up. And we want to walk through this passage, and I think it's important before we look at it to understand the setting of where this happened. Because if you don't understand the setting, there's some phrases in here that you just think, whoa, okay, I didn't know he was a God like that. But it's important to understand the setting. Now, this, when Jesus is speaking in this space, this is his last in his work. God. So this is his last night before he goes to the cross. He's had the last supper with his disciples and he's sitting down and having a heart-to-heart chat with his disciples and going, hang on, there's some really key stuff that we need. It's going to make a difference between you connecting with God in the future, a difference with the way you do relationships with other people and a difference in the way you show up in the world. So I think if it has that impact, on Jesus' followers back then, then it's something that we should be able to look at and go, hang on, we're Jesus' followers now. So should this be impacting us as well? So let's have a look at it. So John 15, it says, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that, um, have I just read that? What it's saying, 
is this. Uh, what I want you to remember by this empty table. When we read those verses about remaining in God and God remaining in us, when you hear that, I want you to think of this table that has absolutely nothing on it except a tablecloth. Jesus is sitting there with his disciples, his followers of Jesus, and he's saying, hang on, it is crucial that you stay connected to me. He knew what was coming. He knew what these followers of Jesus would walk through after he had died and risen and went to heaven. So he knew he was having a straight and honest talk with his disciples going, you know what, it might actually even get a little bit hard. But here's the thing. If you don't stay connected to me, it's going to be really hard for you to reflect me. And I remember growing up in Sabbath school and hearing the verse where it says, if, you know, if the branch doesn't bear fruit, we're going to break it off and we'll collect them and we'll make a big fire and burn them. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I still want to be part of this place. Like, what if I don't bear fruit? Like, that's scary. That's not who my God is. But I want you to think about it this way. If, for instance, in some magical universe, Nike decided to sponsor me, I was to become the Nike ambassador, right? So I get this job, multi-million dollar contract, so I'm now the new face of Nike, except I don't own any Nikes. I have Converse. And you know what? I take so many photos of myself and put it all up on my social media with me just wearing Under Armour. And then I put up other things and wherever I go, I tell people I hate exercise gear. Like when I hear just do it, I just think, oh, just gross. I just don't do anything. If Nike saw me doing a minute, we've asked you to be our ambassador. Like... It's kind of a deal that we stay connected to each other, that you represent us. And so you kind of put us out there in the world. And as you can, I mean, no offense to you, but you can't really be our brand ambassador if you don't represent our brand. And so what can sometimes see as a really harsh statement that if you don't bear fruit, if you don't do what God wants you to do, then that's not what he's saying. He's saying to his disciples some really tough talk that says, if you want to be my follower, if you want to represent me, that's not going to happen if you don't stay connected to me. So then do you really want to represent me? You might not be able to be my representative anymore if we lose connection. You won't even know what you're representing. So you're probably not going to be the best representation for me. But if you want to be, then he's saying yes come on down and be it. But the empty table is for you to go, when we are thinking about connecting with God, me and God, you and God, when you're thinking about connecting with him, this is what often happens. If we surveyed the room today and said, what have you done in the last week that has intentionally made you connect with your saviour this week, would your table have anything on it? Or would it not? For so many of us, nothing is on this table because we haven't intentionally put something on here. Your relationship with Jesus Christ needs intention. 
It needs planning. It needs emphasis. It needs you to sit back at the end of the week or at the start of a new week and go, all right, how am I going to connect with my God this week? In fact, what if we thought once a year, twice a year, that really enables me to connect with my Savior. There's some people that go on spiritual retreats. There's some people that have a full day by themselves out in the middle of nowhere. Wouldn't work for me because it's a long way from people. But there's some people that, um, yeah, go, all right, I'm going to go to this service. I'm going to go to this conference every week, and that's where I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna, it's going to help me. That's my yearly thing. But monthly, what are you going to do monthly? that feeds your relationship with you and God. And then what are you going to do weekly? What's the things that you do weekly? It might be, I might go to a small group. I might go and play basketball with mates and we pray at the start and we pray at the end and we chat about things as we do it and and that really helps me focus on, hey, God is a part of my life even while I'm bouncing a ball. And then what do you do daily? What's intentionally on your table, when you think about you and your relationship with Jesus Christ. What are you putting on there? How are you connecting with him yearly, monthly, weekly, daily? How am I going to feed this beautiful relationship with Jesus Christ? Because when there's nothing there, when we're not connected to him, then everything on the tables after that is really difficult. We're doing it on our own. And it's really hard to reflect Christ when you don't have an understanding with you and him. So how are you feeding yourself? How are you staying connected to Jesus Christ? Connected to the vine so that all the goodness and richness can be passed on to you. Don't leave your table empty. Put something on it. Make it intentional. And then we continue on with the passage, and we want to talk about how do we connect with each other. That's how we connect with God. How do we connect with each other? As the Father, I loved you. Now remain in my love still. Stay with me. Let me love you. Don't stray from it. Let me be a part of your life. Feel my love for you. If you keep my commands... You will remain in my love. And again, remember who Jesus is talking to. He's talking to his disciples, his Jesus followers like you and I. So this is not a strange statement that goes, you better do what I say or you're out. He's just saying, I've put some boundaries in place for you. Why? Because I can see the beginning from the end. And I want you to have a safe journey. So he's put some boundaries in place out of love and care for his people. And he says, if you keep them, it will be so much better for you. Let me help you stay close and remain safe. I have told you this so that my joy, this is verse 11, may be complete, uh, may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is how we connect with each other. 
Jesus says, when you have an understanding of my love for you and you're connected to this vine that has so much spiritual power and goodness, from there, you can spread out. You can produce fruit that makes an impact in other people's lives. And if you ever want a little test on, hey, well, how am I going in my relationship with other people? Where do I sit on that scale? You know, I'm a Jesus follower. I you know, my relationship with him is really important to me, but how does that affect how I do relationship with other people? If you want like a little checkup on that, and in that space, it tells you what the fruit of the Spirit are. And if you want to go, okay, how am I relating to other people? Am I kind? Am I good? Am I faithful? Am I gentle? Do I have self-control? How is, how am I bearing the fruit of being connected to God to the world around me? Is it, is it making an impact in my relationships? The way I speak to my little brother, I know it's a tough gig sometimes, mine was older, but is God's fruit reflected in that relationship? The way I think about my parents, is it fruitful? Am I kind? Am I thoughtful? Am I loving? My workmates, when I talk about someone, when they're not in the room that I have a relationship, am I reflecting the fruits of the God who loves me as a result of the connection that I have with him? Where am I? On that scale, have a check. Look at Galatians 5. Say, hang on, what about my wife? How do I speak to my wife? Even more, not what's in my mouth. How do I think about it? What words are in my head that I may have not even spoken, but I've thought them towards my partner, my friends, my family? Is that the kind of thought that comes from a relationship with God? This, it's really important in how we connect with other people, that the love and gentleness and kindness and faithfulness and goodness of God that he freely gives us when we come to him it actually impacts our relationships. It changes the way we do life. It changes the way we speak to people. It changes the way we react to people. When someone is scanning your groceries at one item per 55 seconds, it changes the way we see those people. When we can go, I'm connected to this amazing God, and when I have zero patience and tolerance right now, I'm just going to plug into his source because mine ran out five minutes ago. And you can love that that comes to you through being connected to that vine. You don't even have to muster it on your own. You just have to stay connected. You have to stay plugged in. And it changes the way we do life with each other because of that one-on-one -on -one connection. How is your fruit? What's in your fruit bowl? Think of your relationships with the people around you. What's in your fruit bowl? What does it look like? And then we keep going in the passage. And this part of the passage, I think, speaks directly to how do we connect with the world outside of us. We connect with God, we connect with the people around us, and then how do we connect with our world? And Jesus continues to speak to his disciples in verse 14 and says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Again, it's not a 
I hear it all the time in the primary school, I'm only going to be your friend if you play with just me, no one else. Don't play with that girl you played with yesterday. It's not a that kind of a thing. It's Jesus speaking to his disciples and saying, if you want to be connected to me, if you want to stay with me, there's some boundaries that are there so that everything works okay. So I no longer, we go on, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. And this is crucial. This is a saying right here and now is that I'm not looking down on you going, right, here's your checklist, here's your checklist, here's your checklist, and I'll check in with you on Friday. He's going, no, no, no. Together, let's all pull in a chair at the table as equals and let's understand what the plan is. I'm not over you. You are not under me. I am inviting you in. In fact, you're just the same as me now. We're working as colleagues together to make a difference in this world. And he says that to each of you, regardless of when you look in the mirror, what you think of yourself and what you think your personal capabilities are. He looks at you, as he looks at his disciples and said, if you wanna be my follower, you're not, like, we're on, this is a level playing field now. This is the big picture. Let's work on it together. I want you to know my business. I want you to share in my business. You're a stakeholder now. We're doing this together. Instead of being a servant, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I've made known to you. Everything that the God of heaven ever gave to him, he says, man, no cost, it's all yours. Let me explain it to you. And if you want it, just connect. And there's no charge, there's nothing. Just stay connected. Let me give it over to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go into the world and bear fruit. He's given us, he's invited us to have a relationship with him that is super powerful, that allows us to display the fruits of the spirit and then that impacts how we show up in our, ever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. He's not sitting there going, I'm Santa, come sit on my lap. What do you want for Christmas? But he's saying, we are in the same business now. We're stakeholders. Let's be really honest with each other. You tell me where you see work needs to be done, and I'm going to help you. You're going to help me. We're going to do this together. Let's be truthful. Let's be honest. Let's be on the same page. Let's ask and be open. Let's have a dialogue with each other. This is my command, love each other. The thing that we struggle with sometimes though, this is not too hard because we can do it behind closed doors if we want. Your relationship with Jesus Christ, no one's really sitting there and going, well, at the end of term one, I'd like to see a progress report at. So, like, you can kind of sort this out on your own, and you can kind of get away with doing not much here if you want. You can kind of go, look, you know what, there's a few of them, I'm just going to pick gentle, like, but self-control, all that kind of stuff, 
Nah. Or I'm going to show, I know the right times to display this fruit, but when everyone else leaves, I don't want any fruit in my fruit bowl. I just want to go how I want to go. And all of that can sometimes be done behind closed doors, but we can't really hide where we show up in the world unless we're not showing up in the world. But we're called to show up in the world. We're called as Jesus followers to say, you're partnering with me. We're going to make a difference in the world. The trouble is the world is really messy. It's really messy. When we step out into God's world, when the disciples stepped out into God's world, they encountered mess, messed up people. Messed up people that's done the wrong things, said the wrong things, continue to say the wrong things, misunderstand, are frightened, scared, prejudiced. And sometimes it just gets really hard. And so this is the space, we're kind of okay with this generally, but this is the space sometimes that we shy away from because it's messy. It might mean at the end of our work week, that we're spending four hours buying groceries, dropping them off, or preparing a meal for someone else when we're really tired and had a really hard week. That's the mess that God's called us to step into. He's called us to step into a place with people that we just want to sit there and go, for goodness sakes, can't you just help yourself? What's going on with you is a consequences to your own actions. Why should I come in and make a difference? Because Jesus did. And he asked us to be like him. This part is messy and we shy away from it. But I hope that in this year, 2023, that us as a family of Refresh can go, all right, if this is hard for me, then I need to take some steps back this way because maybe I need to put something on here. Maybe I need to refocus at my first table and just go, oh, yeah, that's really hard because I'm trying to do that on my own. I'm not connected to my God. I'm trying to give to someone else and serve someone else out of an empty cup. And can you serve someone else when life is really hard to you? Yes, you can. It's difficult, but you can. But when we stay connected to the vine on a yearly monthly, weekly, daily level, it's so much easier for us to look and sound and feel like Jesus and have his attributes. And then when we do that, we're like, what? He invites me to pick up the mop? That's not a chore. It is in my house. To be fair, it probably, it's quite dry and there's a fair amount of dust in the bottom of this bucket. But Jesus says, hey, hey, Damien, hey, Talia, hey, Joe, you know what? I'm going to let you have the broom. I'm going to let your wife, your husband, your friend, your partner, I'm going to let them push the bucket behind you. And oh my goodness, the difference that you are going to make is just going to be incredible when you show up in the world. 
when you reflect me in the world, sometimes it's a smile. And I think about how does this impact a Saturday morning here at Refresh? And I think, does it mean that I sit with my three closest friends and have a great free sausage and um, a beautiful cup of tea or a cup of coffee and just have a conversation? Or does it mean, yes, I have those things, but I sit there with eyes looking out going, I've not seen that person before. A hundred percent. I'm going to walk through the mess that I don't know what their response is going to be, but I'm going to say hi. I'm going to tell them where they can go to get their drink. I'm going to tell them that they can come and sit with me to have their breakfast. What does it look like for us here at Refresh? Could it make a difference for you and for I if we connect with our God intentionally? If we then display his fruits, the fruits of being connected with him, and we step out into our world to make a difference for him. And that is our goal for the rest of this year. When you leave here today, you are going to get, it's a magnet, you are going to get a magnet that reminds you of this goal. I want you to put this on your fridge. And every time you walk past your fridge for the rest of 2023, I want you to go, oh yeah, this year is the year that I'm going to champion connecting with God, connecting with each other, and then connecting with the world. This is the year that I'm going to focus on that. And you're sitting on your fridge, you're going to walk past, you can pray for us as we all try and connect with the people around us, not just here on a Saturday morning, our workplace, our classes, our universities, wherever we are, we want to champion that connection. And so today, I've got a few snippets of you. We have crafted our whole year at Refresh this year uh, to whatever we study or come to on a Saturday morning here, we've crafted it so that it all feeds into this. So here's some of the series that we are going to do coming up for the rest of this year. So over the four weeks over Easter, um, we're going to look at the implication of Easter. It's not just a one-time sermon event where we go, oh yeah, that was nice, Jesus died and rose again. We want to look at what are the implications for us? when we understand what happened at Easter. We're gonna spend seven weeks stepping through each of the phrases of what's known as the Lord's Prayer because we wanna help understand that connection. This one I'm really excited about. This is a relationship series and it's called Red Flags. So we're gonna have a look at some of the things that when we connect with our relationships with other people, we're like, whoa, hold up, pay attention to the tension. Let's have a look at that. Then we're going to look at a series that's called Apprentices of Jesus. What can we learn from Jesus that helps us to step into the mess of our world, that helps us take up our calling to partner with him as a colleague to make a difference in our world? And then we're going to look at Psalm 46 in detail over, I think, four weeks and look at what a mighty fortress is our God. When we understand the blessing that God is, then it's so much easier for us to, to share him with the people 
around us. And then we're also going to look this year at the hold that shame has over us. And we're going to spend a few weeks in that. Because a lot of the time, things like shame and guilt actually become a barrier when we're trying to connect between. It's not God's barrier. We place it there. So we want to address some of those issues as well. So my prayer for you this week, this month, this year, is that you will remember to intentionally put something on the table that feeds your relationship with you and God. To understand how does that then impact my relationship with the people around me, who I encounter, my family, my friends, my workplace, the lady in the supermarket. How does that then affect the way I show up in my world? Because you are called to show up in your world. You're needed You're wanted. We need you to make a difference in your workplace. We need you to make a difference in your family. And we, as a church, want to go, we're here for you, we're behind you, and how can we deepen those connections with each other so that we can make a difference in our world?